the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KDOW. KDOW. Streaming now on smart speakers and radio.com. Portions of the following program may be transcribed. The views and opinions expressed by Ron Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Yesterday was not the prettiest day on Wall Street. And all we have to do is wait 24 hours and we get another day, right? Um, sort of. I don't want you in the day-to-day mentality. I want to create wealth over time. I, I would much rather you talk at the water cooler about investing concepts and creating wealth than talking about football, baseball, basketball. What a game last night. In the end, I don't believe that the basketball game talk is going to get you far in life other than another paycheck without causing another fight at work kind of thing. But then again, talking money is also a very difficult thing. I have neighbors that I've seen like spin their way into – mediocrity and I have neighbors that I've seen that you know do their own work at home and don't pay for contractors and they're a lot richer and sometimes like it's all a little bit different right Apple by most accounts had a blowout quarter highlighted by double digit growth in each product category that led to a 21.4% year over year rise in revenue to 111 billion dollars they had a 100 billion dollar quarter in revenue quarters last roughly 90 days in theory, there's 365 days in a year. So in 90 days, they pulled $111 billion. That makes my mind want to explode. No one's even close. Tesla reported, and so did Facebook. The former saw its automotive gross margins contract by 360 basis points. Coming up shy of earnings per share expectations, but still earning a profit, Tesla. Revenues jumped 44.9%. Can we just call it 45% year over year? Facebook blew past its consensus earnings per share and revenue estimates back to Tesla. Elon Musk, which his Musk smells pretty good to you and me. If you're an investor, you pick up what I'm putting down. He said after the market, something kind of interesting. Some automakers have talked to us about licensing 
are autonomous driving. I'm like, okay, you didn't give me a name, so that means nothing to me. No one's there to factually deny it, but it makes sense. Their driving features are far more advanced than the typical average car, but are they autonomous? No. They're more like a super cruise control at this point in time versus autonomous. Autonomous means you could go in the back of the, the car and fall asleep. Right now, it's fancy cruise control, and that's he's a good salesperson. It is cool. <laughs> having you maintain in your lane is wonderful. Having you stay a distance away from someone, having a car cut you off and you auto brake, and then it, it sets up a good distance between you and the car in front of you. Everything about it's cool, and it feels better than any other car that's trying to do it. Or it feels like it's trying more things than anyone else is doing it. But I thought that was interesting, because he didn't need that. He's got a lot of other headlines that he can go to. Solar roofs. He could say things like, if you think we're in the early stages of EV electric vehicles, you're right. It's going to continue to grow. But we've done nothing yet in solar roofs, and he's got a solar roof product. He's a good salesperson. Remember what I just said about licensing of his technology? Didn't give us a name of a company. Didn't give us terms of the company. Didn't give us a contract for the company. But he put it in our heads. We may want to pay more for this company. Some early earnings per share results for this season. We're a little bit, I shouldn't say early. We're halfway there. Whoa, whoa, we're halfway there. McDonald's and Las Vegas Sands. Um, better than expected results? Not so much. They came up a little bit shy. We're kind of having a mixed earnings season, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not crazy about this earnings season because it's during a pandemic. And companies can and rightfully will. You know, I'm telling you, Elon Musk is a salesperson. Companies will say, yeah, we would have had a better quarter, but the pandemic hurt something. CEOs can say now, um, we had a great quarter because we really focused on our clients due to the pandemic. I like much cleaner quarters. I like when the CEO said it doesn't have to you know, bring in, oh, well, there was a riot and people stayed at home and watched the news. Mm, yeah, I want cleaner. Whirlpool, Lamb Research, Dow, Sherwin-Williams, ServiceNow, Northrop Grumman, Pulte Group, Southwest Airlines, American Airlines, all exceeded earnings expectations. Let's look at that list. Whirlpool, you know what they make, right? Washers and dryers, dishwashers. Big ticket items. In theory, you're buying them every five to ten years. Uh, so there's consistency, but there's not a lot of profit margins because washers, dryers have been very commoditized through the years. I can't tell you the difference between them. When they connect to the Internet and cure my hemorrhoids, that's the one I'll buy. Sherwin-Williams. I like Sherwin-Williams as they play on the Home Depot or Lowe's craze. They come out with better than expected earnings. Have you ever bought paint? It's not cheap. But even more importantly, have you ever painted a house? And the answer is probably yes. Have you ever repainted a room? The answer is probably yes. Will you do it in the future? The answer is probably yes. I like Sherwin-Williams because people like their homes. And on occasion, they want to make them their own homes. The difference between owning and renting, you feel a lot better about throwing paint on the walls when you own. Most of Americans own. A majority, when I say that, over 50%. I like Sherwin-Williams. If you don't want to own Home Depot for whatever reason... You don't want to own Lowe's for whatever reason? 
I, I, I can make a case for home improvement with Sherwin Williams. I can also make a case for home improvement with Williams Sonoma, but that's a different ball of wax. Uh, service now. Eh, I'm going to pass on talking about service now. Pulte Group is a big home builder. So we're in earnings season. We're seeing chemical companies like Dow, washers and dryers like Whirlpool, Sherwin-Williams, Paint, Dow Chemicals. North of Grumman, we make fighter planes and bombs and military machines, Terminator 2000s, 4000s, 8000s. Pulte Group, we build homes. Southwest Airlines reported American Airlines. American Airlines. God bless America. Airlines. Stock that's going up. It's up 25% today on a short squeeze. You know why? Because the pandemic. Investors decided the pandemic is making things really, really dicey for airlines. And when you come out with a better than expected earnings report, you kill the shorts. And the shorts go, oh, in typical days, if American Airlines beat expectations, we're going to reward like 3, 4, 5%. Not 25%, but because there's people in a pandemic that says, oh, it's picking back up. You know, today I'm seeing a story in the New York Times about herd, menta- uh, herd mentality or herd uh, the effect of having enough people with the virus versus the shots. It's starting to take a little bit of traction, even though we're only at 5% vaccination started in California. We're starting to come up with stories like uh, infections are way down year over year. If that story continues, the short term to get killed who are expecting the pandemic to really wreak havoc with the economy part two or part three. There's a lot going on in, early, in the earnings season now. American Airlines reported a fourth quarter net loss of $2.2 billion. $2.2 billion and they're up 30%. Revenue is down 64% and their stock's up huge. Yeah, because a lot of people are betting against it. It's how Wall Street works. That extra betting against it is like gasoline for the good news. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union. With 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs, visit ProvidenceCU.org. Now back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. One foot in front of the other. One foot in front of the other. Facebook had a really good quarter. A lot of digital advertising during the holiday season. They interestingly came out and said Apple is our number one competitor with Apple's instant message. I'm like, what? Apple's coming out with, in my opinion, this time last year I was telling you how big 5G is going to be for Apple. Right now I'm telling you that my thesis is not about augmented reality. No. It's not about the glasses that we think are coming sooner than later from Apple. It's not about the Beats headphones. It's not about the AirPods. It's not about the new watch that will take your cholesterol. If they ever get that, woohoo! Or if they ever get blood sugar, woohoo! More medical devices folded in the phone or in the watch, I'm all in. But I think the big play for Apple this year, believe it or not, is going to be OS 14. And when they turn on that feature that says, you are now in control of your privacy, if you want us to block Facebook from looking at what you're looking at when you're not on Facebook, like let's say, for instance, I like to play Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on my phone, 
And I like to look at pictures of Hawaii thinking one day I'll go there again. And that has nothing to do with my Facebook account. My Facebook account, I'm, I'm looking at dogs and I'm looking at ugly babies. Typically cute dogs on the internet and my friends who have ugly children. So Apple's OS 14 has a feature in it that they have not turned on yet, but I was in the beta on it and I loved it. So it's a feature that stops Facebook from seeing you, A, maybe go into a website to look at pornography, B, maybe go into a website looking at cute dogs, C, um, playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire as an app. Facebook will no longer see when my kids have my phone, and they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing. My kids have a bad habit of turning, of like, hey, Dad, can I have your phone? And you give them their phone, and they instantly switch the language on my phone to Russian or Chinese. I don't know Russian or Chinese, but Facebook has seen all that because it's interacted on my phone. And Apple has a feature that lets you turn off apps access from seeing what you're doing elsewhere in the world of Cookieville. That's going to be the interesting story on on Apple this year, in my opinion. Yeah, product will still be important. $111 billion in revenue in the quarter is because of 5G. I get it. Yet their stock's not really reacting. Facebook stock is higher today. Apple's not. Neither one of them is a big mover. Interesting, right? Let's talk about this a little bit more. It is earnings season. We're deep into it now. I would say that all of the major interesting companies are starting to fall into place. There's still a couple more on the board, like Google. But... The big ones that you may know are kind of said for and done. What's going to happen with the whole Reddit versus professional investors when GameStop and AMC report their earnings? It's probably not going to be pretty. Right now, there's speculation going on. I'll talk about that later. But what I want it to focus on right now, it's earnings season. And whether it be Facebook or Apple or American Airlines or maybe Southwest over American. American's got international routes, Southwest not so much. Southwest international routes are tend to be towards vacation areas that we want to go to, not necessarily business locations. Closer to home. So earning season is the focus there, not the speculative. And earning season, it's kind of a, I don't want to say this because it sounds horrible, come to Papa moment. Come to Jesus time. And that's where companies like AMC and GameStop are going to get in trouble. The speculation will will turn into reality. It's just like every other person you've ever dated in your life, you know, where the first couple of weeks it's perfect, and then you start seeing the flaws. If you've bought GameStop or you bought Tilray a couple of years ago, you kind of had that that rush of it's easy to make money. It's not. Over the long term, it's not. Over the short term, you can catch some amazing breaks. But a couple years ago, in between Trump's first or at the start of uh, midterm elections of Trump, more and more states started legalizing marijuana. That's kind of been a thing for 10, 15 years. But now now there's a little bit more momentum as we go from one to two to maybe two to six. Huge. Two to six to 20. And because of that, investments cropped up. 
We all, no, I gotta be careful how I say this. If I could have investigated, if I could have invested in a cocaine dealer, Juan Pablo Sanchez or whoever the big coke dealer is in the 1980s, I, if I could have invested him, it probably would have been a good investment, but not a good idea, right? But when marijuana started, uh, Juan Pablo Escobar, but uh, Juan Pablo Sanchez, you get the idea. Let's paint all Latinos as drugs. No, let's not do that. Political correctness back on, um, or turn off the stupid political correctness, right? But Tilroy, when they legalized it, we're like, ooh, I know people that used to legally sell marijuana and they made some pretty good cash. I want to invest in that. Now, Tilroy gives us the already we've seen this example of where speculation can go just rotten. At one point in time, Tilroy, a couple of years ago, went from a $6 stock as a marijuana investment that, that, that was working on some legitimate CBD medical marijuana stuff. I think I can say this without getting into trouble. That um, CBD is positive for glaucoma and sometimes anxiety. Proven a little bit of research going on there. Now, it probably won't cure hemorrhoids and other things that marijuana is said to do, but Tilroy went from 4 to $5 a share all the way up to $143 in about two months. And then it went all the way back down to $6. I'm not going to say where it should be, but where it started. Because in the end, earnings seasons happen in between that speculation of states just voted this in law. Soon we're going to be drinking water that's infused with CBD oil and Tilroy may be there. There was probably five or six names that all did a rocket moonshot and they've all come back down to earth. The winners of CBD and marijuana investments might be the big boys down the road, the Cokes and the Pepsis who are like, well, we could just add that to a new product and we already have shelf space. We don't need to fight for shelf space. So we've already seen this phenomenon once of short squeezes. Um, there's a difference between a stock that sh- and a company and a company and a stock. Try not to confuse the two in the short term, but think about them in the long term together. In the short term, the stock right was no longer the company. The stock GameStop is no longer GameStop's business. In the long run, GameStop's stock will be GameStop's business. But in the short term, people have said, we want to own that. It's like Cabbage Patch Kids. It made no sense. It's a little bit of a mania, and it happens on Wall Street all the time. I'm Rob Black. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union. With 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs, visit ProvidenceCU.org. Now back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. Okay, let's talk a little bit about what's going on. Assets, right? Stocks, bonds, and real estate. Baseball cards. Maybe 
gold. There's different types of assets out there. And I think if you accumulate them, the basic concept is you should accumulate wealth over time if you're buying assets that hold some sort of store of value. That is the big question on Bitcoin. Is it just digital numbers or is it really money? Just because essentially, let's say it's rocks on the Internet. You'd be like, I'm not buying rocks on the Internet. But what is it? It's digital code on the Internet. No government says we will give you money for that. No government says we'll give you a house for that. Maybe we will get there. But these digital coins, there's been a lot of factories going on in China to the point that they're making the coins and sucking down so much energy that it's polluting the environment to make these coins, right? But what are they? I could tell you Apple sells phones. It's a service that they will give you for an exchange of money. Asset bubbles happen all the time, and they don't always make sense. We're watching one right now, GameStop and AMC, where if you look at the business model, you would rate them an F, maybe a D. And that rating them a D is where you kind of get into, well, maybe there's a chance because a lot on Wall Street have rated them an F and think the stock will go to an F. They see the business as an F, therefore the reflection of the stock will be an F. But the individual investors, the heroes of the day, the angry mob at Reddit, whatever you want to call them, they've all stepped in. Not all. But they said, you know, you're wrong, Wall Street. We see it as a D becoming a C, and you see it as an F going to zero. I get it. It's a bubble mentality. I don't think the guys at Reddit ever thought they were going to become multimillionaires from a $10,000 investment, but that's what's happened. And the people who put a million into it became a billionaire who said this company that should, that Wall Street sees as an F and the stock will become an F. If I were to use numbers, Wall Street sees the business as a three going to a zero and they see the stock as a five going to zero. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. And and the consumer, the retail investor, sees it as maybe a little bit more optimistically. And right now, rock scissors retails out out doing professionals. Has it ever happened before? Yes. Asset bubbles occur all the time. Some bubbles are easier to predict than others. We had a dot com bubble. My favorite bubble is Mister Bubble. But that's a totally different story for a totally different day. How about the Dutch tulip bubble? Maybe you really like tulips and you fell in love with tulip mania that gripped Holland in the 19, in the 1630s. It's so long ago that I wanted to say 1900s, but it's 1600s. It's one of the earliest recorded instances of irrational exuberance. During the Dutch tulip bubble, tulip prices soared 20-fold. Tulips, like the things you plant in your garden! So that push up 20-fold ultimately saw prices drop 99%. Maybe it was some queen or someone in the Dutch population that goes, I really like tulips and they'll look good in front of windmills. Bring me all the tulips. I don't know what drove it. I wasn't around in 1630. But tulip mania consumed a wide swath of the Dutch population. You could buy a house 
or you could buy a tulip. They were priced at the same exact level. I know you're saying tulip, like if it gets too hot, it, it like wilts and dies, right? Yeah, that, that one. How about the South Sea Bubble? South Sea Bubble of 1720 was created by a more complex set of circumstances. 1711, a promised monopoly by the British government. They traded with the Spanish colonies of South America. They had massive success with the East India Company. Why not come up with the South Sea Company? Do more trading unimaginable riches. That stock or that investment in a company that was going to set up trade relations in Latin America. Back in the days of Christopher Columbus times. It surged. Unimaginable riches being promised will cause a surge. People will be like, I want some of that. But then it collapsed and it caused a severe economic crisis across more of an economy than just one stock or one sector. Japan had a real estate and stock market bubble in the 1980s. You were around for this one. You saw the movie Gung Ho with Michael Keaton, probably a pretty average Batman. But Japan's economic bubble in 1980s led to the classic movie Gung Ho, where the Japanese knew how to build cars better than the United States, but we in the United States knew how to have picnics and eat hot dogs and play softball better than the Japanese and unwind a little bit. But then they could outdrink us under the table of sake. It was hilarity, but it, it reflected what was going on. People were afraid of Japan and America. They had bought the Seattle Mariners. They had bought big high-rise hotels and office buildings in New York. The Japanese were coming. They had an economy that was tied towards Sony and electronics, and it was in the right place at the right time in the 1980s until it wasn't. It was almost, and I hate to say this because it makes me sound nationalistic or something weird is about to come out of Rob Black's mouth, but it was almost kind of an imperial expansion out of Japan that led with an embarrassing retreat when the bubble burst in 1991. And since then, Japan's really never been the same, fighting deflation, stagnant economic growth for over 15-plus years. And I, I would say it still hasn't regained strong footing. What other bubbles are there out there? How about the dot-com bubble? Where any business that put a dot-com after its name in 2000 went to the moon, moon, moon. Zoom, 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 they're going to the moon. Dot-com bubble. Huge popularity. Speculation about a phrase called the new economy. You were here for it. You lived through this one. I don't expect you to remember the Dutch tulips or the South Sea bubble. Yeah, you may vaguely remember the movie Gung Ho and how America got freaked out about Japan if you opened up Business Week or Time magazine. But I know you went through the dot-com bubble, and we saw stupid companies. We saw companies that were inventing scents on the Internet, like smells. We saw um, – this is going to be the next Microsoft. There was a company – get this. This is the best one. In 1996, I invested in a company called CyberCash. CyberCash was Bitcoin before Bitcoin. CyberCash was Bitcoin 25 years too early. But it was going to be the next Microsoft because we're going to pay with everything with digital coins. And we're going to have a little digital wallet. Companies like AOL would have digital wallets. Now it's like companies like Facebook will have Bitcoin wallets. 
So we've been through it. Cybercash went from two bucks a share to a hundred bucks a share to nothing. It was too soon. I talked about Exodus Communications, which did cloud computing back in 2000, where cloud computing really didn't get any traction until the mid 2012, 2015 time period, maybe. But it became a, a full on investment by 2020. You want another bubble? I've given you my favorite bubble so far, the dot-com bubble, the Japanese real estate stock bubble, the South Sea bubble, the Dutch Tula bubble. Now I give you the GameStop AMC pandemic bubble. Companies that should be left for – no, 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 no. I give you one more because I like you. You want one more bubble? How about the U.S. housing bubble? I love saying the word bubble. Bubble, 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 bubble. It's fun to say, right? In the housing bubble – and we saw this from 2002 to 2006. Or how about 1996 to 2006? Or how about 2010 to 2020? Um, when home prices doubled from 96 to 2006, two-thirds of that increase occurred at the tail end, 2002 to 2006. Even as house prices were increasing at a record pace, they, it turned into a frenzy. People started flipping houses. I know people that were like, I'm going to quit my job at IBM or Microsoft or Intel, and I'm going to buy a house in January. I'm going to go throw some paint on the walls and sell it in March for 10% up. And 10% when it's leveraged might be $100,000. So we went through a housing bubble. Housing peaked in 2006, and then it commenced a slide that resulted in the average home losing a third of its value by 2009. But we wouldn't know it because from 2002 to 2006, things roared. But they really roared from 96 to 2006, and that's when people looked around and said, oh, I can make good money in real estate? Do you know why they, they rocked from 96 to 2006? It was the 1992 financial crisis with the saving and loan thrift implosion. I know, I know, I know, you love me. But the U.S. housing boom and bust, the ripple effects that it had on mortgage-backed securities, it led to a global recession. So at, at one point in time, a tulip might have lost you a house. The South Sea's market might have hurt a whole country. Japan's real estate market boom coming into the United States and then retreating back has led to a decade of economic underperformance plus. The dot-com boom created very few winners, 10, but they created thousands of losers. The housing bubble created wealth that was legit in 96 to 2006. This came after an economic crisis. Then it got out of hand. This is New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. I want it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Focusing on wealth, there's a lot of ways to do it. You can do it 
by earning more money, by investing more money, by saving more money. I think you should do it all. It's a very weird concept. I still stress over $5. I'm ultimately, in my opinion, wealthy. My idea of wealthy is having enough money to live till the day I die. I'll bastardize that statement a bit and say I would also like to leave a little bit for my children. I'll bastardize that statement. I want to have enough money to live till the day I die. I want to leave a little bit of money to my children. And maybe in my final 10, 15, 20, 30 years on this planet, I kind of want to see the world. I made some sacrifices by not starting my own business until my 20s. Well, I guess you could say I started my business in my 20s. And I gave up a lot. A lot of my high school girlfriends and college girlfriends went on to get married, settle down, have babies in their 20s and 30s. I didn't even think that I could breathe, let alone have a relationship, let alone bring up a child until my mid-30s. So we create wealth in funny ways. You can earn more, you can invest more, you can save more. $5 still means something to me, even though I'm considered wealthy. You now know my definition of wealthy. Have enough money to live till the day I die. While also maybe having enough to kind of enjoy those latter years, while I'm still healthy enough to walk before I turn into that 80-year-old crazy angry man with a cane who hits the nurses and tries to scare the neighborhood children and can't walk down the road, let alone walk across the, the pyramids of Giza. So my big, how shall we say, blowout of enjoying life probably will come in my 60s when I walk away from radio and I just... I record 25 shows a year, and that's all you get. So let's go back to some concepts on creating wealth by investing, saving, maybe earning. Those are all three things that I've done differently in different periods of my life, and I hope you do too. Let's go back to the concept of stocks versus bonds versus real estates. To me, historically, it's important to look at the big picture across the country. Stocks beat bonds. Bonds are corporate IOUs. We don't talk a lot about them because it's easier to talk about stocks. But an IOU to your uncle, I don't much care for. An IOU to Intel, Microsoft, Google, I'm much more interested in. An IOU to your local city, let's say it's Palo Alto, um, or Stockton. Those are very different. An IOU to Palo Alto has a lot of wealthy residents. An IOU to Stockton, know that Stockton's got a lot of, say, poverty in the state of California. No disrespect to Stockton. I'm not going to call it the armpit of California. I'm not going to say it's the meth capital of California. I'm not going to do it because one day I want to run for mayor of Stockton. But you have to understand, corporate bonds, there's a difference between giving a, an IOU to Microsoft versus an IOU to Tesla versus an IOU to a company that wants to be the next Tesla. They're all three very different companies. One's been around and done it for 40 years. One's been around and done it for 10 years and one's never done it. So when you lend money, that's like lending money to your uncle that has a million dollar job versus your uncle that has never had a job versus your uncle that has lived on a couch his whole life, eaten corn chips and gotten really heavy and never had a job. Like, whoa. There's three very different ways of will you ever see your money back. So same thing with stocks, same thing with bonds. Same thing with real estate, right? There's different levels of risk, but we're not going to get into that right now. But bonds historically beat real estate 
but not so much in the 2000s. And then so suddenly you're like, well, bonds really aren't that great, Rob, are they? Maybe they're not. When the 10-year treasury, when inflation, when we were in a healthier economy, ever since 9-11, I feel that we've been in an economy for oversimplification terms that we've been managing from crisis to crisis. Planes go into the World Trade Center. The economy goes to hell in a handbasket. How long will it take to recover? And then suddenly our government starts throwing down stimulus. Our Federal Reserve starts throwing down monetary stimulus. And we've seen to leap from one low cost of money fix to another low cost of money fix. So maybe I should start saying historically stocks beat bonds and bonds beat real estate. But now in the last 20 years, which is mostly my investment lifetime, and I think you have an investment lifetime of 40 years from 20 to 60. That's just in my general concept head. Maybe I need to say in my lifetime that bonds are kind of a push with real estate, that in the early part of 2000s, bonds were okay. But as we've driven the cost of money lower and lower and lower to continue to fix economic problems, whether it be racial inequality, whether it be a president who gets us into wars or a president who doesn't get us into wars, whether it be a president who oversees a pandemic or not, we tend to solve our problems with low cost and, and fiscal stimulus. Monetary, low cost, low cost of money. You want a loan? Here it is, cheap. There's a difference between me and starting a company. Let's say you and I say, let's start a podcast company tomorrow on green energy. Everyone wants to know about this. There's a big difference in how we approach this versus like how we're to fund it. Like, so you really got to see the, the mechanisms of, of where you're putting your money. In my opinion, as always, this show is always going to be dedicated to getting you to retirement with a concept of wealth and retirement. I look at myself as a wealth creator and Chad as a wealth preserver. You don't want to be truthful. Chad's created plenty of wealth in his lifetime. You don't want to be truthful. I've created plenty. I've preserved a lot of wealth in my lifetime. I'm a saver, not a spender. But with that said, we try to carve out different roles in the world. And I want you to see different people have different depths of expertise. In history, stocks beat bonds, bonds beat real estate. And it's like a 10% for stocks, 6% for bonds, 4% for real estate. That's kind of a starting point, but it's not rock science. Location, location, location. There's a lot going on in those statements. I'm Rob Black. Find me at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.